An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Mark Moss Show, where we're always talking about the decentralized revolution, looking at the world through politics, finance, and technology to find the signal through the noise. We're looking at some of the latest breaking news headlines this week, and I got some big stories that I want to cover. Man, these these stories are really so much bigger than just the actual story, and I'm going to break down some of these things that are happening in the world today, but I'm going to bring them into context so you can understand how they're not just lone pieces. They're much, 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 much bigger pieces of a much, much bigger story. So we're going to cover the auto worker strike. It is not what you think it is. It's much, much bigger than that. We're going to break that down. We're going to look at um, some of the censorship pieces that was going on. I want to look at what the Fed and the other central banks have just decided to do. Uh, we're going to cover uh, a whole bunch of stuff uh, like I covered here. We'll break it down. You don't want to miss it, uh, so don't tune out. But I'm going to break it down first by talking about what the heck is going on in the United States and Canada. What's going on in the United States and Canada? So in the U.S., we're starting to see a lot of signs. And I'm going to connect a couple dots for you here. What do automobiles have in common with food and groceries? And what does the U.S. have in common with Canada? Well, don't worry. I'll break that down for you. So uh, you're probably already aware. You know, you can, you can go catch the news headlines anywhere, right? You can just browse CNN or Fox or wherever you want to get your news. And you can get the news stories. But no one's going to connect the dots for you like I'm going to do right now. So what do we got going on here? We have the UAW, the United Auto Workers. They're on a big strike. It's a targeted strike. It's a plan that's going to affect all the big auto manufacturers, it began with about 145,000 workers walking out of three auto plants in hopes of, you know, getting paid more money. Now, again, that's the news. But what happened? Well, about a decade ago, automakers were, you know, on the verge of bankruptcy. As a matter of fact, GM was was going bankrupt. The government had to step in um, to save them. There was a big agreement to accept the contracts that no longer tied workers' pay to inflation. Um, now, if they didn't do this, they were going to lose their job. So I guess they went ahead and just and just did this. Now, was this a bad deal? I don't know. I'm not going to dig into that. It doesn't really matter at this point. But here's what matters. They didn't tie their wages to inflation. And so what does that mean? That means that the auto workers 
are losing money on a regular basis. So their pay is going up. As a matter of fact, the U.S. auto workers manufacturing production lines earn about $28 per hour in average. That was in August. It's up a dollar from the previous year. So their pay went up a dollar, the average auto worker. Um, but the problem is that inflation, the cost of living, went up even faster. Now, if we go back to 2007 or earlier, we can see that um, they're making, well, anyone that started in about 2007 or earlier, which was pre this uh, contract being agreed on, they, um, any of those people are now making about $33 an hour on average. Now, these are summaries for the big three. Now, like I said, these are for people that worked before 2007 and they were part of the lower tier. They were earning about $17 an hour back then. Now they're making about $33 an hour, which means they've been increasing their pay by about 6% annually. But the problem is, again, inflation has been going up higher. The promise of low inflation was broken by the government. So the government got them into this deal, but because the government can't stop spending money, the Biden administration spending more money than anyone ever in history, but Trump did before him and Obama did before him and Bush did before him. That's just the way it goes. They're spending so much money so fast. Inflation is raging so high that it's not helping these workers out. They're losing money. And these are the guys that are producing real goods and services. So while cars have been going okay, overall, the workers have been losing money. And this is the problem. So when you see wages, and not just for auto workers, for everybody has been going down, even though their pay is going up, their real wages, when adjusted for inflation, have been going down because the cost of steaks and milk and cheese and houses and gasoline and all those things are going up faster than their pay is. So when you adjust it for those things, you see that they're actually making less and less and less. All right. Um, so that's that's problem number one. Um, but we have some other problems. Now, the other problem is, like I said, what does that have to do with groceries? Well, someone that I had on my show just recently, I think it was last week, actually, Peter St. Ong, um, which, by the way, Peter and I are both speaking at the Bitcoin conference in Amsterdam coming up in just a couple of weeks. Uh, so I'm looking forward to hanging out with you, Peter, if you're listening. And anybody who's going to be in Europe or going to be in Amsterdam, I'd love to hear from you. Hit me up on social media and let me know. But anyway, he, he put out an article talking about the breakdown of what's going on with these grocery stores, specifically in Chicago. So the, in Chicago, the mayor announced plans for a government-run grocery store. Why? Well, it's the same problem that Canada's having with their grocery stores. See how all this is tied together. Well, how is that tied together with auto workers? Well... It appears that the problem in Canada is the same problem in, the, in, in Chicago and the United States for that matter, which is that food prices are going up so fast that people can't afford to live, live anymore, not live the way they used to. Instead of eating steak, now they got to eat rice and beans or whatever, right? And so in Canada, it's getting hit particularly hard, much harder than the United States, but in the United States it's happening as well. And so you saw Justin Trudeau on the news over the last couple of weeks saying that he's going to demand that these grocery stores stop raising prices. How dare these greedy grocery stores sell for such high prices when people in Canada are struggling to live? That's the rally cry. That's the rally cry of a communist dictator. That's what the rally cry is. Now, if these grocery stores were so greedy, making all this profit, then wouldn't another grocery store just open up and charge less prices? Because that's how competition works. The reason why the groceries are so expensive and people can't afford them is because of inflation, because the governments can't stop printing money. 
Okay, so as they continue to print more money, it pushes the cost of goods and services up. In addition to, particularly in Canada, but in the United States as well, the massive amounts of onerous red tape and bureaucracy that's put onto these businesses that also push their prices up. When I have all these legal restrictions and all these forms and files and I have to hire all these people for all these inclusions and all these diversity trainings, and I have to file all these reports, it costs money to do that. And in order to make a business that actually turns a profit, I have to raise the prices of my goods and services. That's it. When the cost of my lettuce goes up and the cost of my labor goes up, I have to sell the, the, the lettuce for a profit. And that just is what it is. The governments are the ones causing the prices to go up with their red tape and bureaucracy and with their money, endless money printing and bureaucracy. But Trudeau wants to come in and be the savior and say, these greedy business owners, we're going to take them over. Now, that might sound familiar. It's the same thing that Vladimir Lenin said in Russia, same thing that Mao said in China, same thing that Hitler said in Germany, and it's the same thing that Trudeau is telling you today. The government should just take it over, which is the exact same thing the Chicago mayor just said. He wants government-run grocery stores because, this, because the people can't afford to pay the fees anymore. Sort of. Uh, another reason is because the shoplifters continue to steal so much. So why is all this happening? How is... The grocery, well, I just connected the grocery stores in, in Chicago, in the United States, and Canada. But how does that, what does that have to do with autos? Well, it's the same thing. All around the world, we have this massive migrant problem going on. It's all the same thing. Because the United States is printing so much dollars, we just increased a $2, $2 trillion deficit. Inflation in the U.S. is really, really bad. But because we have the reserve currency of the world, it's not as bad here as it is in Canada and Europe. Inflation is way worse in Canada and the UK and Canada than it is here. But those are, those are top G7 countries. It's even way worse in G20 countries. It's even way worse in the global south. When you get into Africa and you get into South America, they're having massive famine. Uh, they're having uh, political coups happening because the money is broken down. This is all because the governments can't quit printing money. This is it. So now you can't afford groceries in Chicago. You can't afford them in Canada. You can't afford uh, to work on the auto line anymore at an auto manufacturer. You can't afford to live in Africa. So you're going to move to Europe. And this is all because the money is broken. And, you know, don't let a crisis go to waste. So, um, by the way, let's just blame the greedy businesses and we'll just take them over and have a government-run business structure. Sort of like what happened in communist Russia. Yeah, something like that. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're breaking down some of the latest breaking news headlines this week as we look at the politics, finance, and technology converging. We'll be back with more in a minute. Don't go away. We'll be right back. It's that time of year again. The U.S. Mint is making the new 2024 American Silver Eagle and American Gold Eagle coins, and there's no better time to buy than now. Gold rose 23% in the past 13 months, and silver's up 27%. Plus, they're both still climbing. Get the newest gold and silver coins of the year from my trusted friends at Universal Coin and Bullion by calling 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Their company president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is America's gold expert, and he recently met with financial guru Steve Forbes to discuss trends in precious metals. And both experts agree that gold could hit 2,500 an ounce in 2024. That's nearly a 25% gain from today's price per ounce. If you want to make a sound money investment, then add gold and silver to your portfolio now and keep adding as part of your regular investment strategy. Gold's been used as money for over 2,500 years. Call Universal Coin and Bullion at 1-800-UCB-GOLD. That's 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Or check out universalcoin.com slash Mark Moss. 
As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, welcome back. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're running through some of the latest breaking news headlines this week. So you can understand what is going on. Now, again, you can go get these news headlines from anywhere. You can turn on CNN and they'll read you the news headlines. They might mislead you or omit some key facts, but they don't explain what it is in context of what's really going on. That's what I'm trying to do here. That's what we did in this last segment. And this week, uh, I'm sorry, and, and for this segment, we're digging into more stories that sort of build on the theme that we just talked about. We talked about the auto workers um, striking. We talked about... The, the, the mayor of Chicago and the president of Canada, Trudeau, both wanted to nationalize, literally nationalize, take over the grocery stores, the food industry. Uh, and all of that is because of the massive amount of money printing that's been happening. So now let's look at some other big breaking news that happened this week about the money printing. So we know the Federal Reserve, the Central Bank of the United States, the ECB, the, uh, which is the European Central Bank, and then you have the BOJ, which is the you know, Bank of Japan. Uh, those are the three largest central banks in the world. They're, they're the, really the only central banks that matter. They're the tier one banks. There's a lot of other central banks, but they just don't have enough uh, money or policy to really matter. And really the Fed and the ECB are the big ones. The BOJ has been just constantly easing and buying all their bonds and stocks. So it's like, we already know what they're doing. They've never gone into a tightening. But the Fed and the ECB... Uh, both with Europe, uh, the UK, and, uh, and and the US dealing with massive amounts of inflation had to do something. Uh, so they decided that they would try to tighten, tighten the monetary policy. They'd try to bring this, this loose monetary policy, slow the economy down, make people lose their jobs, uh, make your rate of pay go down, uh, make your stock accounts worth less money. So you stop spending money so prices can come back down. The problem is that while the Fed and the ECB, while the central banks are doing that, it's not your spending that's causing the problem. It's the government. It's the treasury. The U.S. treasury will not stop spending money. As a matter of fact, the U.S. deficit, meaning the amount of money they're spending over the amount of income they have coming in, just hit $2 trillion. Wow. $2 trillion. They are spending, the U.S. government is spending now more than 50% more than they were spending just uh, pre-pandemic. Let's just, uh, let's say that you live on 100 grand a year and now you're just going to spend 150 grand a year and you're going to borrow that 50 grand a year. 
Like that's basically where we're at. So the Fed has been trying to tighten things, but the government, it continues to spend. But here's the key piece here. Obviously, inflation hasn't been slowing down. As a matter of fact, inflation is going back up now. Inflation is causing lots of problems. Auto workers, they can't afford to live. They're striking, which is going to guess what? Make prices go up even more. Interesting enough. So they may get the pay they want, but then it pushes the cost of the cars up higher. So did they really get a pay raise? Well, they, they're taking more dollars home, but those dollars buy less. But what's the Fed going to do? Well, the Fed decided they've been on this warpath of tightening, trying to slow things down. So all eyes are on the Fed. What are they going to do? Are they going to hike rates again? Well, this week they decided to put a pause on it. They decided to hold interest rates steady at the 525 to 5.5% range. But they said, maybe, maybe, maybe we might, we might hike again. We might. We don't know, but we might. There's a chance. So here we have the most important central bank in the world, the Fed, said, eh, we might be done tightening. We might be, we're going to pause for now. We might hike in the future, but we're going to pause for now. The ECB, the second most important central bank in the world, they also decided to pause. As a matter of fact, they, they hiked again, um, but they said that they're not going to raise anymore. So we have inflation raging. The auto workers are striking. The grocery stores are being nationalized. Uh, because of inflation, they're trying to slow inflation down. And here we have the two most important central banks in the world who are a lot of the cause of this that have been trying to stop it are now seemingly to throw in the towel. Are they done? They're going to quit? Now, again, the Fed says they could come back. They could come back and raise rates one more time. Uh, but we don't know. They're uh, Jerome Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, used some metaphor at the Wyoming meeting like a couple weeks ago saying something about um, we're navigating by the stars under the night sky or something like that. Like um, we're just reading the tea leaves, like whatever the data says, we'll, we'll do this. Now, if we look at the, the Fed rate monitor tool, it says that a cut to five or five and a quarter basis points becomes the most likely scenario by June of 2024. And by the November 2024 meeting, which is uh, surprisingly, uh, or I should say non-surprisingly, U.S. election time, the Fed funds target will be down to 4.5 to 4.75. So potentially three cuts happening. This is what the projections are. This is sort of what the market's pricing in and what the market's betting on. So while the Fed decided to hold steady, the markets are betting, the markets are predicting that they'll be cutting by next year. Now, while that sounds good, um, historically, it's not. So historically, when the Fed starts to cut, unfortunately, then a crash comes. Now, it's not causation. It's the difference of correlation versus causation. In my opinion, it's correlation, not causation, because it's actually lagging. So what happens is the Fed has been tightening, 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 tight, 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 tight. And it has a lag effect. It takes 12 to 18 months to really see the effects of those tightenings come through. Now, once they felt like they've done enough, or in this case, they've probably done way too much, they decide to stop. Then things start getting really bad. And they're like, oh, crap, we went way too high. We shouldn't have gone that high. Uh, quick, reverse, reverse, reverse. And they do, but the damage is already done because... This isn't like a, like a little car that you can zip around. This is more like an aircraft carrier. You need, you know, 50 miles to turn this thing. So by the time they see the signs coming that they went too far and they reverse course, 
Again, it takes 12 to 18 months. And so the damage is already done. So um, that's, that's kind of where we're at. Now, the markets are sort of in agreement with the Fed's you know, dot plots or, or basically what they're projecting as these um, interest rates to happen, um, which potentially this pause has been good. So are they going to pause and how long will they pause? And so it looks like this could potentially be good for some of the risk on assets, um, specifically like Bitcoin is probably the most price sensitive uh, risk on asset which is, I mean, it's still sort of stuck in this range, but we can see, you know, it's in this $25,000, $26,000 range. Um, but I think, you know, we're probably going to stay in this choppy market uh, for a while until the Fed really kind of decides what's going to go on. Um, and we're seeing that in the stock market right now. Uh, but we also, like I said, seen it with the ECB. So at what point do we have now all three central banks, the BOJ, the BO, the uh, ECB and the Fed all loosening. And my guess is it's probably next year. Now, this is in light at the same time that the U.S. national debt hit $33 trillion for the first time in history. Um, and the interest, just the interest on the national debt is almost a trillion dollars. Now, just 40 years ago, the debt was only $900 billion. As a matter of fact, it, it, was, it took... From the, from the date the government was founded, if you want to look at like 19, 1776 or if you look at like when the Fed was created in 1913, all the way to 1981 for the government to get to one trillion in debt. So it took however many years, hundreds of years to get to 100, to get to one trillion. The government just added three trillion in the last three months. Crazy, right? Crazy. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're running through some of the latest breaking news headlines this week so you can understand what is going on in the world and what comes next so you can plan and prepare to save yourself, to save your family, to save your friends, and have a better future. I got a lot more to cover when I come back, but I'm going to take a very quick break. Don't go away. I'll be right back. It's that time of year again. The U.S. Mint is making the new 2024 American Silver Eagle and American Gold Eagle coins, and there's no better time to buy than now. Gold rose 23% in the past 13 months, and silver's up 27%. Plus, they're both still climbing. Get the newest gold and silver coins of the year from my trusted friends at Universal Coin and Bullion by calling 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Their company president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is America's gold expert, and he recently met with financial guru Steve Forbes to discuss trends in precious metals. And both experts agree that gold could hit 2,500 an ounce in 2024. That's nearly a 25% gain from today's price per ounce. If you want to make a sound money investment, then add gold and silver to your portfolio now and keep adding as part of your regular investment strategy. Gold's been used as money for over 2,500 years. Call Universal Coin and Bullion at 1-800-UCB-GOLD. That's 1-800-UCB-GOLD or check out universalcoin.com slash Mark Moss. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. 
Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, breaking down some of the latest breaking news headlines this week. And uh, boy, I got some big headlines this week that... uh, well, I've read through a couple stories already that are are big and they're scary and they mean some big things are happening. And this next story, whew, it is uh, it is really scary and it's very, very telling of exactly where we are. And again, um, you can read the news headlines anywhere, but I want to tell you what they mean and I want to bring to them. I want to bring the context. And what am I talking about here? Uh, you might have heard of Russell Brand and what's happening with him this week, right? So Russell Brand, obviously, you know, a famous actor, musician. Now he's a commentator. Um, he got hit with some accusations this week of uh, potential sexual you know, misconduct a decade ago or more. And uh, he's come under massive attack. Now, that might just seem like a, a story. Uh, you might think that he's being unfairly targeted because of his ideological views, Um but just how big and how deep does this go? And that's the part I want to bring context to you for. Now, you have to realize what is going on here, first of all. So Russell Brand, uh, like I said, famous actor, musician, whatever. Like, uh, look, I mean, he he was famous for being a drug addict, alcoholic, and having all kinds of like wild sexual experiences. He was o- o- open about it, vocal about it. Uh, I think talked about it in books. I mean, very, very, very open about it. So you would think that during that time and doing those things, you would have heard about, you know, potential sexual misconduct happening. Like at the time it was happening, uh, you know, potentially he did some things that might be outside the normal thing, right? Uh, We don't know. However, now today we see multiple women are accusing him of uh, sexual assault, uh, emotional abuse, um, going all the way back from 2006 to 2013. Now, I don't know, UK law, I think in the United States, there's, you know, statute of limitations, which I think that's way longer than that. Like typically like, hey, if this happened to me, I should probably go talk about it now, not from 2006 to now. What is that? Uh, you know, what are 15 years later? But these accusations, they come not from the individual people, but from a joint investigation by the Sunday Times and Channel 4. Hmm. Now, Russell Brand, of course, obviously strongly denies this. He says, hey, look, I, I did some crazy sexual things. I talked about them at the time, but like I never did this. That's, that's the high-level story. You can go read that anywhere. But here's the important part. What happened since then? So this is an allegation. Allegedly, per some investigative reporter, allegedly he did these things. Now, in the United States, and I believe in the UK as well, we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And that's proven by beyond a shadow of a doubt. So in court, that must be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I'm innocent 
until that has happened. Well, uh, we we don't even have charges filed. There's not even there's not even uh, an indictment. This is just an allegation that was made, and all of a sudden, just like clockwork, YouTube demonetized Brand's channel. Now, Russell Brand has over six and a half million subscribers on YouTube, and he makes content talking about issues that nobody wants you to talk about. So uh, vaccines, the wars, the election, things like that, which are obviously topics they would like him to stop talking about. So it seems sort of weird that YouTube would just demonetize his entire channel. But even weirder than that is why would they do that? So allegedly, a news report shows that he had sexual misconduct 15 years ago, and then they shut off his ability to make money. Now, it wasn't just nice and innocent. And this is where you have to start paying attention. So YouTube did that. Well, how does YouTube have anything to do with what's going on with an alleged thing with the Channel 4 News over in the UK? But shortly after that, the chair of Culture, Media, and Sports Committee in the UK Parliament, so the UK Parliament sent letters to X, Twitter, the BBC, TikTok, uh, GB News, Channel 4, and Rumble, and in this letter, they asked if Russell Brand was able to monetize his content on those platforms. They said, quote, let me read it to you. While we recognize that TikTok is not the creator of the content published by Mr. Brand, and his content may be within the community guidelines set out by the platform, we're concerned that he may be able to profit from his content on the platform, end quote. So let's think about that. So we understand that, uh, you know, his content may be totally within your guidelines. Uh, but what we're concerned on is he may be able to profit. Huh. So since when is being allegedly accused of a crime mean you can't work? So now all of a sudden you're, you're, you're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. But now if you're even alleged, not, not even indicted, not even charged, alleged to have done something wrong, you can't work anymore. You can't make money. So that works. Like what kind of world is that? Now, let me be clear. Uh, I have three sisters. I have two daughters. Like, uh, you know, sexual misconduct or assault is, is no laughing matter by any means. And these allegations, I mean, I guess they're serious, right? I mean, if it was my daughter or my sister, I'd want them to be serious. And so these accusers, should have every single legal right to an investigation, right? So I guess, I mean, I don't know about the statute of limitations. I'm not an attorney in London, but maybe there's something there. But, you know, normally this should be taken seriously. And so there should be some sort of criminal proceedings. There should be an investigation. Um, and there might be, after the investigation, there might be some criminal proceedings if the evidence that's been found, you know, warrants that, if it merits that. But again, Brand is innocent until proven guilty. And social media platforms and governments should have zero power to strip him of his ability to make money, right? I would think so. I would think that democratic governments should not have the ability, should not have the power, should not want to try to step in front of that. I, I think it's completely inappropriate for representatives of that to use big tech to punish people for, again, alleged misconduct. I think doing so violates the fundamental process of due process. This is a legal principle that goes all the way back to 1354 in the Magna Carta, established by British King Edward III. 
But just because someone alleged it, they took it down. Now, uh, on Twitter this week, uh, MMA legend Jake Shields claimed, uh, it was a funny tweet, I really liked it. Uh, he said, "Former New Zealand, if I said former New Zealand Prime Minister Yacinda Hart Ardin raped me 17 years ago, YouTube should immediately censor all of her videos. Now, the irony there is Yacinda Hardin is the one that goes to the UN and demands that we take away free speech, right? Um, so, hey, if uh, if we allege that, that that she did this, hey, she raped me 17 years ago, then should YouTube also censor her stuff? Do you think that would happen? Maybe we should try that. If you're listening, go ahead, file that report. Allege it. Let's see what happens. I, I highly doubt that's what will happen. Um, but the problem, again, let me put this in context for you, isn't just Russell Brand. Just the fact that he lost his demonetization is, is a big problem. But what the bigger problem is, is the direction in which we're going, the, the pattern that's being established here. In 2022, Justin Trudeau froze the bank accounts of the Freedom Convoy truckers. Uh, British banks recently shut down the banks of Brexit campaigner Nigel Farage. Again, for his ideological views, nothing legal that he did wrong, nothing financial, same as what Trudeau did to the convoy truckers. They didn't do anything illegal. It was the ideological views that they had. My friend I've had on the show, Dr. Joseph Mercola, had his bank accounts shut down for the same reason. He didn't do anything wrong legally, didn't do anything wrong financially, but for ideological reasons. We see the White House in the United States Department of Homeland Security Center's Disease Control demanding even more online censorship of populist voices. Anyone that resists the narrative, such as uh, you know COVID measures, things like that. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like I said, this is a this is the direction that's going. I got a lot more to cover in this story. You don't want to miss this because it gets even deeper. I'll be back with more in a minute. Don't go away. All right, it's that time of year again. The U.S. Mint is making the new 2024 American Silver Eagle and American Gold Eagle coins, and there's no better time to buy than now. Gold rose 23% in the past 13 months, and silver's up 27%. Plus, they're both still climbing. Get the newest gold and silver coins of the year from my trusted friends at Universal Coin and Bullion by calling 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Their company president, Dr. Mike Fulgens, is America's gold expert, and he recently met with financial guru Steve Forbes to discuss trends in precious metals. And both experts agree that gold could hit 2,500 an ounce in 2024. That's nearly a 25% gain from today's price per ounce. If you want to make a sound money investment, then add gold and silver to your portfolio now and keep adding as part of your regular investment strategy. Gold's been used as money for over 2,500 years. Call Universal Coin and Bullion at 1-800-UCB-GOLD. That's 1-800-UCB-GOLD. Or check out universalcoin.com slash Mark Moss. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. 
That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome back. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. And we're running through some of the latest breaking news stories of the week. And I'm breaking down the story of, um, of what happened with Russell Brand and uh, the bigger story past that. Like I said, you can read these news headlines on your own. You can go read the story from wherever you want to get your news from. But they're not going to give you the context of this. Let me just continue breaking this down. So this isn't just an isolated case, right? This is the pattern. This is the direction. As I said, this is uh, Dr. Mercola getting his bank account shut down, not for any financial or legal problem. Just they don't like his ideological view. Um, Nigel Farage had his bank accounts shut down over in Europe. Justin Trudeau shut down the bank accounts of the of the trucker protests, right? So this is happening. Anybody that's talking outside their narrative, they're coming after. Now, at the same time, governments around the world, the central banks, are moving to central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, and digital IDs both of these things at the same time. Now, these two things together are potentially the final death nail in freedom as we know it. The marriage of these two, the digital currency and the digital ID, equals social credit scores, which are already used in China. They've been used for a long time. We've talked about that extensively. But they make it easy for big tech, big banks, and big government to basically go after anybody that they don't like. Doesn't matter if you're convicted of a crime. In China, it doesn't matter if you're convicted of a crime. If they're, if your social credit score drops, you can't get a bus ticket, a train ticket. It doesn't matter. So why is this happening? Well, the reason why is the managerial class, what you may consider the administrative state, the bureaucratic state, the deep state, whatever you want to call it, the professional managerial class elites in the government who are not elected, we can't vote them out, they have the power. They're using their authoritarian extrajudicial tactics to silence and punish anybody that they don't like. It's, it's a war of the elites against the populace, against the people. It's what I frame up all the time. It's we the people versus the government. That's it. They, the elites, they, the bureaucratic, the, the uh, administrative state, the professional managerial class, they think that services like the internet and banking and access to financial services and like other public goods, they seem to think that it's not a right. They seem to think that they have the control of that and they should be able to use that how they want. And they think that they should be able to use these, co-op these, coerce these platforms to enforce their will. They want to weaponize the internet to rein in any political dissent. At the end of the road that we're on is a government-administered social credit score system, which is not funny, but ironically, it's exactly what Brand is warning us about. All right? It's exactly the same thing. Under that type of an agreement, under that type of a social credit score system where you have the CBDC and the digital ID put together, basically, the governments, this managerial class, will have all the digital tools that they need to push people to conform to these norms. Anyone who would express an opinion that would offend this government would automatically find themselves not able to use these tools, like the internet, for example. The, the managerial class is so desperate to maintain power and control over the narrative because it's all lies. Look, if it was good for you, if, they, if it was true, they wouldn't have to lie to you. They wouldn't have to coerce you. 
The very fact that they have to control this narrative shows you the true intentions. They want to control this, and they're not happy that the internet has given us the power to have this information. Imagine, knowledge is power. We have all this knowledge at our fingertips, the power that we have, the people have the power. They don't want you to have the power. They want the power only for themselves. They want the internet ripped from your hands. These political leaders, they want to reassert their dominance over the online conversation. We know this. It's been revealed. We saw it in the Twitter files. We saw all the details there. We see it in the actions that they're having. We see it in the um, in when they when they brought Matt Taibbi and Michael Schellenberger forward in front of congressional hearings and asked them to reveal their sources. They persecuted them, sent the IRS to their house, and all these things. We see this. We see again Justin Trudeau with his actions. He showed that a Western government, supposedly a free democratic government, was able and not just able but willing to basically do what Edward Snowden warned us about. Edward Snowden had to leave the country because he warned the people this was coming, and here it is, turnkey tyranny. The governments have the ability to basically push a button and enforce compliance. They don't need to pass laws. They don't have to have courts. Uh, this doesn't have laws. They're just doing it on their own. YouTube just took away Russell Brand's ability to make money with no... Precedent. He didn't break any laws. He didn't do anything. And they just did that. Now, Brand seems to be too big to censor, so they just take away his ability to make money. They can't stop him, but they can certainly give him financial punishment. Now, again, if if Russell Brand, you know, did this, then you know, let's hold him accountable. But there should be due process. YouTube. Rumble, the British government should not be able to go around. The Biden administration should not be able to go around and prosecute their political rivals. Sort of like what's happening to Donald Trump. Sort of like what's happened to Paxton, the attorney general in Texas. They're literally interfering with, with, with the president, you know, their, their main opposition, the political rival, the president, while at the same time interfering with the prosecution of his own son. Now, where does this go? Well, in the end... This crackdown is a cultural reaction from the professional managerial class, and it's the institutions that they control. That's it. In their view, the professional elites view the ordinary people, the working class people, as a completely different class of people. They see them as a threat. Again, you should not, you, me, the, we the people should not have this powerful weapon of the internet in our hands. Now, again, the combination of these two things make it very dangerous. So right now there's 130 countries we're exploring CBDCs, 90% 90, 90 of the population. At the same time, the World Health Organization, the WHO, is adopting EU's digital certification system for its global health certificate. The G20 agreed to put in a global health certificate use, uh, and use USAID uh, to promote digital ID systems. Okay, several U.S. states, including California, Arizona, Louisiana, Maryland, are making plans for state digital IDs. This is not some fringe thing. This is what's happening with a combination. As I said, the unholy pairing of CBDCs and digital IDs, governments will have all the power they need to surveil every single transaction and literally have a button they could push to just clamp down on anybody they don't like. They don't like what you said, just like in China. They don't like what you said. Hey, Russell Brand, we don't like what you said on, online. Hey, Mark, they probably don't like what I'm saying right now. Take away your ability to make money. 
Pulitzer Prize winning uh, journalist Glenn Greenwald, a left wing journalist, by the way, said, since when do Western political officials have the power to impose extra legal punishment on people for alleged crimes they've never even been charged with? He said, what gives the U.S. and U.K. officials the right to demand that tech companies remove or demonetize speakers? Now, the same has to go for the banks. How can the banks just take people's bank accounts away like Dr. Mercola or Nigel Farage? They can just debank people. Now, typically banks were not allowed to discriminate for racial, religious, sexual identities, but they can for ideological reasons. If this isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is. The pairing of these two things, digital IDs and CBDCs, it's not a thing of myth. They're working on it. I just read it to you. The G20 agreed on this. And if this comes into place, it's not going to look good. However, we have an answer. We have Bitcoin. So we don't have to use CBDCs. We have Bitcoin. If I didn't have Bitcoin in this world today, if we didn't have it in this world, I would be very scared. But we have a tool to win. What we need is to wake each other up. As long as we can continue to spread this information and let people know, make them aware of what's going on, then as they see this continue to roll in, they recognize it. We have the power and the tools that we need. What they can really do is take away our ability to transact in their financial system, but we don't have to use their financial system. We don't have to use the CBDCs they have because we have Bitcoin and we will win. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, running through some of the latest breaking news headlines this week. That's what I got uh, for this hour. Hopefully this makes sense and hopefully it charges you up to go do something about it. Uh, that's what I got. Let me know what you think about this show today. Hit me up in the comments, like and review this podcast, please, on your favorite podcast player. And I'll talk to you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 